Welcome to Roaming Returns, a podcast about generating a passive income through investing so that you don't have to wait to retirement to live your passions. In today's episode, Tim and Carmela talk about an investment opportunity you don't usually hear about. We haven't even heard that many experts talking about it. And what's really unique about it is it's kind of a hybrid between bonds and your traditional stocks. Let's get this party started. Hello, peeps. Welcome back. Tim's in a much, much less grumpy mood today. I had Chipotle. Well, there's that, and he's not sick. Apparently, he was on the verge of getting sick last week, so we uh, decided to wait to record this because he was just a grumpy Groucho pants. I got the vid. <laughs> Probably. I'm uh, not sure what he was I doing. I lost my taste. Oh, he was not happy about that. It's some nonsense. All right, so today, as promised, we're going to talk about preferred shares. They just said uh, literally like it sounds like. They're called preferred shares for a reason. So They're one of Tim's absolute favorites. I don't really have a lot in the portfolio because I'm waiting for the bottom to bottom and prefers because like they kind of go hand in hand with bonds and bonds because interest rates are sometimes up, sometimes down. But preferreds have been continuously going down for like the last year, year and a half. So I'm waiting for them to bottom and I'll probably I'll probably load up on a couple of them. Tim tells me all the time how they're essential to any income driven portfolio. They are because like if when you look up income investing, like the generic simplistic definition is you basically are investing for income. You want your income to be consistent every month. You want to get $1,000 or $2,000 every month. Well, bonds, CDs, and preferred shares are one way that you can do that because you know exactly what you're going to get. They don't cut the yield rates in bonds and CDs and preferreds. So if you get a, if you lock in a preferred share at 46 cents a, um, a quarter or 18 cents a month or whatever you get, that's what it's always going to be regardless. So that's one of the biggest things about preferred shares. They sound like they're shares, which they kind of are, but they actually kind of fall into the fixed income category, which makes them like a weird hybrid between a stock and a bond. The only difference, like the only big difference between preferred shares and normal stock shares is if you, if you hold normal shares, you can have voting rights. So if a company says, Hey, we're going to go from an REIT to a BDC, yay or nay, they send that out to the shareholders. If you're a preferred shareholder, you don't get that. Oh, no. Like, most people don't vote in, like, elections. Why would they vote in that? So, it is what it is. <laughs> so, pretty much the only reason they're like a stock, I guess, is the price change. The, the, so, they do fluctuate. Everything's price changes. But bonds are pretty, like, uh, low volatility when the, the price change in bonds and CDs. Like, it'll drop, like, a maybe a penny or two. Or preferred, like, some days they'll go up. 12 cents so some days they'll go down 50 cents or whatever it's like again that goes back to the whole fundamental principle of you're investing for income and not principal so prefers who gives a rat's <laughs> what they do you know you're gonna you know at the end of the duration they're either gonna call it back or continue to pay you a dividend so that's something that's different between preferreds and bonds i forgot to mention that earlier bonds maturity date they mature they cash out. They give you the cash in your in your in your portfolio in your brokerage account. Preferreds they may cash out if it says maturity date of say August first, twenty twenty four. On that on that date, they might cash it out, call it back, but they might not, and they'll just keep paying you your dividend until they feel like calling it back. And they might call it before then too. But we'll get into that. 
So if they have a, a callback date, do they usually come with a callback date? They all they all will have a callback date. Now, does that mean that they do or do not hit that date? Like a lot of times they don't. See right here regularly. So they'll have a date, but they actually like keep paying even though it's yeah. This like this one, like this one I'm looking at says a call date of January 28th. Like when that comes around, they'll probably just they won't call it back. They'll just keep paying the uh, 15 cents a month. Really, that's kind of interesting. Now, sometimes they will call them back early, and when they do that, that's why it's imperative when you shop for for, per, for preferred shares, you get them at discount because if you buy it, say it's a $25 par value, and you buy it at 27 because you really like the company, I don't know, one, that, one that's over, over par because I don't look at them, but say like Amazon, for example, had a preferred share. They don't, but say they did. And it was like $28. You bought it at $28 and Amazon, and they up and decided, hmm, we don't want to have that anymore. They'll call it back early and they'll give you par value. So you'll lose money. That's why you always, always, always want to buy them at discount. Yeah. That's one of the reasons that it's, it acts like a bond is they actually have a par value. Or is it called the NAV price? It's a uh, par value. Is it a par value? Okay. Mm. Which is the one with the NAV price? NAV price are funds. Oh, yeah. The close in of funds. That's right. I'm not the wizard when it comes to the actual kinds of investments. That would be Sir Timothy over here. Mr. Tim. Mr. Tim. <laughs> As the Asian telemarketer people call him. <laughs> yeah, that's a long time ago. Uh, the one negative that I thought was a pretty big one to mention was that these don't always allow you to do drip. Some do, some don't. Some like, But that's not a huge negative. If you get one that does drip, good Good for you, but if if not, they'll just pay you cash and then you put it in whatever you want. So it's not a huge deal. Which is what you do if you had a bond. Bond and CDs and some of the ETFs do that. Like some of the ones that we're in do that, actually. Speaking of which, if you signed up for the email list, I gave you a great email today with like 12 different investment ideas. In oh, it. he was so into it. So into it. And there's some stuff in there that we're not going to probably talk about. Probably on the podcast for another month, two, maybe three, depending on how they go. Probably be like December would be my guess when I talk about them. But they yield between 17 and 49, 50%. But I don't know about the price volatility yet, so I can't really recommend them. So if you're on the newsletter list, kudos to you for getting the insight on that early on. Sidebar. I'm just, you know, <laughs> promoing myself. You should sign up for the newsletter. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, preferreds. Okay, so I'm looking at one right now in in my Schwab brokerage account. It's ARR, which is a monthly paying dividend stock that some people invest in, some people don't. It pays like 18%. So people like that. They like it's monthly because it's say it tanks. You can just like that's why I like monthly ones in my portfolio because if it tanks, you can just get rid of it. It is what it is. No big deal. But AR, ARR actually has a preferred share, PRC. And if you look at the price of ARR versus its preferred share, ARR bounces all over the place. It goes up 15, 20. It goes down 13, 14 points. I don't go like two or three percent. The preferred is, it's like the tortoise. It kind of just goes up a little bit, goes down a little bit. So you don't get the upside. If you say, say ARR merged with someone and like the, the stock shot through the roof, the preferred wouldn't go above like 25 or 26. You wouldn't get that upside. But. They have a cap on the downside, right? Yeah, the downside is like, say, ARR had uh, a crappy earnings or like they cut their dividend in their common stock. Well, the preferred wouldn't go down. Like that would probably drop it 15 to 20%. The preferred would go down maybe 5%, if that. And even then, you don't really care because you got it at a discount. And as long as you're getting the money, then you should be 
it should be up in the long run, regardless if it goes down 5%. Now, do these have betas? Mm, I don't believe so. I don't think they measure beta and preferred shares. But they still are less impacted by market fluctuations, right? They are, yeah. So, so we're looking at one right now. The ARRPRC. And like you see, there's a couple huge spikes here. That's probably a one or two, th- maybe two to three week period. I don't know. And it's like 50 cents. It's like they don't go up a lot and they don't go down a lot. You don't really see them go down. Now, this one hit over an extended like, couple of weeks. This one went down like a dollar. Yeah, I assume there's some kind of bad news or some something. But they always go down before their dividend, too. That's, they're the exact same thing as the, uh, we dis- the discussion before with ex-dividend. Preferreds will always go down on the date that they pay their dividend out. So, if you like one, you can pick it up for even that little bit less or more of a discount. Uh, one of the negatives I can see potentially for these preferred shares is that a lot of companies <laughs> will increase their dividend payout. I guess, to keep up with inflation or their earnings or whatever you want to call it, because these are fixed income oriented, whatever you buy it at. No, it's, a, it's it, even if you buy it, like it gives you a current current yield. You're always going to get this. So when you buy it, it'll give you a yield of whatever, 9, 10, So if 12%. this changes in this chart, do you then get that this, impacted in the one you own? This will change based on the, the buy or sell price. This won't. This is always the same. So I'm asking, I don't know what you're asking. Is it grandfathered in what you bought it at? Like, will the dividend go up ever? No. Well, we said at the beginning, the dividend doesn't go up ever. It's consistent. It's why it's an income investing. It, like, you know exactly what you're getting from this. Now, if you weren't invested in it, would that possibly change? The dividend would not change. No. Okay. So the yield, the yield will change based on price, but the the the, the, the payment never will change. Okay. I thought for some reason they But then on the, on the flip side, like there's a lot of places that will cut their dividend. And when they cut their dividend, for example, like Camping World cut theirs by like 50%. If Camping World had a preferred, it would still be at that price always. It wouldn't matter what the, what the common share so dividend So that is. was one of the big incentives that uh, – I think he, I think you said before that the dividend payouts for preferred shares are a little bit less than the common stock, correct? They're a lot less. Like if you look at this one, ARR, like they're, they're currently at 18% dividend. And this one's at 84 so that much of a difference. Why would you pick this one over that one? For the cause security. This, the security. This was like AR could cut their dividend at any point because it's an REIT and they are like notorious for slashing their dividends. So there you go, guys. It's basically if you're a cautious <laughs> investor and you feel like dabbling in the high, high yeah. yield investing, I would start with preferred shares. Just because you're going to get a consistent payout and you're not going to have the price volatility that you would in the common shares. And but a lot of companies have these that a lot of people don't realize, right? What was the one that – There's a lot of – if you go in, if you search any ticker that I give you, I don't know like off the top of my head. But like say I give you like a like Calm, for example, the egg one. If you go in in your brokerage account, like I know in, in Schwab, if you type in Calm and like you scroll down to the bottom, it'll tell you if it has preferred shares or not. So there's a lot of companies that you don't know of that have preferred shares that actually have preferred shares. So is it easier to find them in our Schwab account? Oh, versus- it's absolutely one thousand percent easier. <laughs> so if you guys have a different brokerage account and you don't want to open a Schwab account, you can always shoot Tim an email, Tim at IncomeInvestingForNomads.com. 
That's me. And he can do the research for you and actually see if there's one. Because it's not that difficult to see it in Schwab. Like, all we have to do is type it in, scroll down to the bottom, and it'll actually say if you have one or if they have yeah, one Yeah, you can scroll down to the bottom. It tells you, like, and, and, and like, it's easy in Schwab because it's literally just a slash. Like, other ones are a dot. other a under, un, It's an, like a period or an underscore. Or it's it was slashy reminds me of the model slash actor award <laughs> from Zoolander. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, they don't have ratings, so you don't have to worry about rating cuts for anything. And on the page, it tells you everything. Like, it'll tell you the next paid, next ex-dividend date, the next payment date. It'll tell you the payment you're going to get. It'll tell you if it's cumulative or not. A cumulative is super important. That's one thing I would recommend if you're going to get into convert, into preferred shares, you want a cumulative. What that means is if they suspend the dividend on the common share for any reason, they have to pay you your preferred share dividend, and if they don't, they'll like they'll keep um, adding to it. Like, say they don't pay you for three months, they'll take three months. So they'll say it's, this one's fifteen cents, so it'll be fifteen thirty. So you get forty five cents the, the next next, next time they pay. The cumulative is super important because that way you're guaranteed to get your money unless they go bankrupt. But and it tells you the extraordinary call. All that pretty much every preferred has that. That's that the company can call the share back at any point. That's what I was mentioning earlier. You don't want to be buying over par ever ever because they can call it at any point and that's across the board you don't want to buy bonds over par you don't want to buy those closed-ended funds over the nav price same thing with for these preferred shares now this one here is interesting it's it's convertible and with that basically if you find one that you really like it meets all the criteria that i just mentioned but it says convertible is a yes that means if you own the preferred share and when they when they when it matures or they call it back, they'll actually convert what you have into the common share. So you have to make sure you really like the company at that point. Mm. So if this was convertible and this one like this, this. Do they give you a warning for that? It's right here. That's your warning. Yeah. And they just do it on a whim if it happens. No, it tells you that it's convertible and then the next, and that it's going to be called on January 28th. Oh, okay. I see what you got. So instead of just giving your cash back, they don't give you the cash back. They just turn your they preferred, just flip it over the to the other share. preferred shares into common shares. Oh, that's sneaky, sneaky. Well, that's, it requires you to read. <laughs> problem with that, actually, I wouldn't care too much about that, that happening. But the problem with that is if they're, it's like, say it has 5 million preferred shares and they convert them over to common shares it's diluting the out of the common shares oh so that'll actually push prices down down prices down yields down all that other nonsense it's just horrible like i don't like when they do that okay so that's a big one to be aware of uh one of the other pros that we kind of touched on in another episode we were talking about how they can be harder to sell when the volume goes down so preferred shares just by nature are lower volume because they don't, they don't really most ha- people don't really know about them. They don't really have a lot of volume. It's like 20,000. And this is like one that trades like millions upon millions of common shares a day. And this one only has like under 20,000 switching hands. Well, and because like not many people know about them, Tim was mentioning something about how he he's on a whole bunch of different subscriptions and he never sees any of them talking about it. But the one person... I guess he reached out. You reached out? It was um, the Dividend Hunter. His name is Tim Fallon. Feelin. I don't know how to say his name. Sorry. He's, uh, he's a pretty cool dude. He's like an old guy that lives in a camper sometimes. And, uh, oh, that guy! He has an email. Brethren. He has an e- email thing. And I'm like, he, was, like, he always said, if you have any questions or concerns or any ideas for investing, shoot me an email. And I shot him an email about preferred share. I think it was CE. I want to say CE. 
PQ. It was an oil one. And I said, well, this one's like, you know, it's like 20% undervalued and it pays out like 8% and it's, it's a good, it's a good oil company. He's like, I don't like it because it doesn't have a lot of volume and I don't normally do preferred shares. But then like four months later, he had like two or three preferred shares in his portfolio. And I was like, oh, you sneaky bastard. You took my idea <laughs> and you, you ran with it. So that's kind of cool that Tim's questions led to some influence. So I guess let's talk about some options or some examples. We call this one Q-tip, even though it's... Queer tip. Queer tip. No offense to anyone that's gay, but queer tip. It's Q-R-T-E-P. Queer tip. It basically, um, I'm sure a lot, lot, lot of the old old heads out there know uh, like um, the shopping on TV thing, H- 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 HVC. HVC. Oh yes, the shopping yeah. at nighttime with the weird purses. Yeah, the the the, the shopping on 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 the TV that that's that company. They're, they're um that's their preferred. I forget what I think it's QR. And we have this. It's their preferred share. Yeah, that sounds sketchy. It is sketchy. <laughs> Queer Tip is sixty five percent discounted right now, and it pays out like twenty nine percent yield. That's insane. So that's why we're in it. It's a I mean whatever it pays you eight dollars a year per share. So. It is what it is. That's pretty crazy. One that goes ex dividend on the fourteenth is P A R Parap. P A R A P. Parappa the rapper. It's Paramount. I think it's Paramount, like the movie place. Oh, I feel like theaters are having a comeback. That's the one. C E Q P. That's the one that I was in. And I asked that Tim Fallon dude about it, and he said it didn't have enough volume. Oh, there's A R R. I actually had some of these on this list. Gooden. So C E Q P slash P R is a good one. Eight percent. Discount 9% yield. That's a really good, really, really, really good oil company. Don't worry about writing these down, guys. I'll make sure to put them in the show notes. Good. And I just tried to look up and I'm not sure if they called it back or not. So I can't verify if that one's there, but it's, it's basically, um, it's a REIT. The, the parent company is good. G O O G. 27% discount. Mm-hmm. Whoa. 9% yield. The ARRPRC, the one that I was just quoting off of when, when I was looking at it, it's 25% discount, 8% yield. Dang, son. This one's really good. It's a IIPR-PRA. That is um, it's a, the marijuana. It's not a dash. That's a slash. The marijuana REIT. Oh, check that out. Mary Jane REIT. And I think that's like the wave of the future, whether or not they get on board with it or not. I think most places have. And I, we live in Pennsylvania or we're in Pennsylvania right now. And Pennsylvania is a pretty conservative state and they have state stores and stuff. So, And like one of the absolute best is ABR slash PRD. That's Arbor. That's a, that's Arbor a, Purdy. We actually have the parent company in the portfolio and we're doing outstanding with it. And that's a 26% discount with 8% yield. Do we have any other preferred? No. Why not? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Couldn't answer. What did you say here? Oh, what is this? Adult? A-U-L-T slash P-R-D. These are just like if you really want a lot of cash. Quickish. This is a 53% discount at 28% yield. And CDR, it's another uh, R-E-I-T, P-R-C. It's 48% discount at 14% yield. Now you got to be a little careful with those higher yield ones, though. Vet those like the, crazy. The reason that I do the discount, like the high, like the higher discounts, like 27, 25, 26, is because they most of the time they have a good track record of repayment. And they actually will at some point go back up to their par values. So you'll actually be making 27, 25, 23% plus all the dividends you collect through the years. These other ones at the bottom of the 53 and the 48% discount, I have no guarantee that they're going to go back up. Same with the 
uh, queer tip. I don't know if it's ever going to go back up to its par value of 100. So Tim's strategy is whatever you have allotted for preferred shares, put about 90% in the ones we talked about before. And then if you're going to do a pick a flyer, one of those two AULT. Uh, I did the CDR one. Before I did the AULT one. Yeah, that one looks less risky just based on numbers. And then say you put $1,000 into one of them, what I would do, rather than reinvest, I would just take the cash. And then once you get $1,000, then you broke it's even. Then it do- it doesn't, doesn't matter what the hell happens with it at that point. Yeah. So if they have a drip option, turn it off. And if it's just cash, pull it out. We do that with a lot of the uh, ETFs. Well, ETFs. And we did it with crypto. We did it with a bunch of different stuff because it just... You have to have money in there to make money, but it allows you to basically get your money back way sooner than later to take your risk further down every month or every time it pays out. So then well, it's just riding free money at that point. And that might be, might be my mentality, but if I put $1,000 into a stock and I get $1,000 in dividends and I take the $1,000 cash out, then I have zero risk in the stock. I don't give a shit what it does because I've already <laughs> made my initial investment back. So everything else is just ROI. So those are super hard to track. I'm actually right now trying to figure out how to set up a tracking system so that you guys can see our portfolio performance from month to month. It's not exactly easy because it's like we have that kind of stuff happening. We have he'll sell partial shares here and there. He'll buy partial shares. He'll dump stuff. He'll buy back in. What I do is I take ones that I'm up a lot in and I sell them and I buy ones that I'm down in. So I'm doing your your cash something strategy, but I'm using my profits. Oh, so he's using the, what is it, cash average, but it's not really cash average. It's more like um, you're reallocating your portfolio, rebalancing your portfolio. I so do. I do. I don't like to have more than like 6% in any one thing, and sometimes it gets like up to 8 or 9. I have to. So, adjust. yeah, he'll look at it from a percent base, but he'll also look at it from a, uh, like, if the value is significantly over and you look back at the history and it's not really trending super, super high, it kind of doesn't make sense to leave it all on the table and take losses. That's one of the biggest things that, that people have issues with the day trading and the other trading. It's like, when do you get out? That whole greed thing takes over. And then the easiest way to mitigate that is pick out your initial investment and then just let things ride. That's what I do with crypto. Yeah. So I do it with stocks all the time. And then like, I just I find that way easier. It's not stressful. I don't have to be on the computer all the time. I should probably add that to the list of things to like mitigate stress and emotions. But that's, that's a big one is like, if you really don't have your hard earned cash, it's just like gravy train. It's almost like making this into a game, to be honest. And I think if you think about it as a game, you tend to make more intelligent decisions because most people who play games are like trying to hundred percent everything. Yeah. Trying to win. So. I don't know. Like, I know that sounds like a screwed up, like, mentality to shift into because then it's not real. But I actually think people make better decisions when there's not pressure to really, like... <laughs> they shouldn't make decisions ever based on True. pressure. And we did talk about that. Like, you should never make a decision if you feel any type of emotional, like, anything. Whether it's fear, whether it's FOMO, whether it's... Because the fundamentals will change. And that's why I like the high yielding things because when the fundamentals change, the share price will drop. But the high yield, I should have made a good portion of what it dropped. So I should be like riding kind of level. Right. Worst case scenario. So let's circle back and let's compare preferred shares to some of the other ones that weren't bonds. So we already did bonds. We did closed-ended funds a little bit, right? Closed-ended funds. We, we have to do one. We're going to do an episode on that at some point. Uh. You said some of these are actually BDCs or REITs? Most, like a lot of them are REITs or MLPs or BDCs. 
So maybe we should do that in episode next so people understand what the heck that actually is. REIT is the real estate trust. It's not... <laughs> Rocket surgery? Rocket surgery. And BDC is a business <laughs> development company. We kind of went over that one when I discussed Hercules Capital. Yeah, we touch on it every here and there. I feel like we should have a dedicated episode to each one. And, and MLP then. is literally just dealing with like oil and natural gas, usually. Although I can, I think it's an MLP. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure it is. Okay. So is that everything you wanted to talk about today? For closed edits? For preferred shares. We're not the, talking about closed edits. Why? I get the names wrong on everything. We're, My bad, guys. She's daft sometimes. <laughs> I am so bad with acronyms. It's not even funny. Well, if they have questions, they can ask. So if you guys have questions on specific ones, let us know. We gave them like five or six good examples of ones that could generate them some income if they want. So check out the show notes. If you found this podcast episode useful, helpful, full of information, if you guys do us a huge favor, go on wherever you're listening to it and leave a review. That's how the algorithms work to get this in front of other people who might need this information as well. We're just trying to get the information out there so we can help people get better control of their income, passive income generation, so that they can live more passionate, fulfilling lives sooner than waiting 30 years plus to retire and that's, possibly keeling over. That's, that's dumb. <laughs> So we're definitely in the more hybrid strategy of living more fulfilling now. I mean, even if you don't want, even if you don't want to retire, I don't know if I mentioned it before, but like, say you have a newborn, you can literally open up a brokerage account and do this dividend income investing. And they should, their college should be paid for, and probably their first house. Oh, I want to do an episode on that that talks about the the kid things. There's some really cool incentives. I'm going to do an episode. We're definitely going to do an episode on different kinds of investment accounts because there's a lot of uh, tax savings and stuff for those kid ones and school and education funds. So that'll be really fun. And the- we have to do an episode or a tidbit on the tax refund thing. Cause we'll we actually, we actually ran the numbers and you literally can make 200 and some thousand dollars just off investing your tax refunds. Crazy stuff, guys. All right. That's all for today. We are going to record a, spe- a special bonus one probably right after this. So stay tuned. Duh. See ya. Adios, amigos. Muchacha.